This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10, touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealu, Mike Jurecki, and three-time Pro Bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. Well, let's start right there. Between the three of us, we have three Pro Bowl appearances. And my guess is Kyle... Your appearances, your experiences did not mirror what we saw Sunday in Las Vegas. No, I dare say you two have as many Pro Bowl tackles as most of the defensive players have that played in the game. Two-hand touch, right? That was hard to watch. That was hard to watch. All right, let's dive into it. 41-35, the final. AFC wins. That doesn't matter. We'll get into the individuals as far as the five Cardinals performing in that game. But when you played versus, I guess, what we saw on Sunday and even over the last five years, the intensity, the competitiveness, how did you approach the game versus, again, what you saw on Sunday? Yeah, there was never, when I went, there was never a conversation about, hey, let's, you know, take it easy. Uh, we need to protect ourselves. Um, you know, I kind of, just the way I took it, and, and I completely understand the reason why the game looks the way it looks, but my approach was um, fans voted me to be here. I need to respect that vote and play the way I play. And I always felt like, it, for me um, and anybody else that was there, there's always eyes on you. There's kids who are watching. There's high school kids. There's there's uh, uh, college kids that are trying to make it to the NFL. And and just my opinion at this point, um, you know, the Pro Bowl is a tremendous honor, and I respect all the players that go there. But that wasn't football. So if you're not going to make it a football game, I, you know, just – Get the Pro Bowlers together and have a bowling competition or ping pong competition because, honestly, fans love it. Fans love content. They will watch whatever with the NFL stars. And, and if it's not going to be a football game anyways and you don't want to risk injury, just make it some other sort of competition. Now, you're, you're going to Hawaii, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, actually, I went to Hawaii twice and Miami once. Okay. So when you go over there, sometimes you'll bring a position coach, um, your family, and when you get to that fourth quarter, you're thinking, I got a big uh, check to play at the end. So was there ever a gentleman's agreement? Because they changed the rules of camplets to where you really don't want to see anybody get hurt, but you want to play at least 80%, correct? Yeah. I mean, like I said, there was never a conversation when I went. Um, okay. You know, I know some people, I was covering kickoffs, and lined up next to me was James Harrison. And, uh, I mean, I like to think that I played the game harder than anybody ever did, but that man, I could hear him. Um, just kind of grunting and screaming down the field when he was covering kickoffs. He was trying to kill people in the Pro Bowl. Oh. Um, and, you know, I respect that. It's it, it, If you're not going to make it a competition, if it's not going to be competitive football, um, it's, you know, I, I just don't really understand the purpose of the actual game at this point. Um, the honor, I believe, that players should continue to be honored and get a reward for being the top players in the league, and um, especially – 
um, you know, the Cardinals players that went the season they had, they should be rewarded for that. And so I think it's a it's a great opportunity. Um, and like I said, I think it, the amazing part is in you know Mike Florio was talking about this game will continue as long as the NFL makes money on it, and that's that's what drives you know pretty much every NFL decision. So um, if there's a, something you could do, um, some other sort of competition, um, you know, it, it didn't resemble any sort of football. Five Cardinal players on the field on Sunday, three on offense, two on defense. You had Kyler Murray, James Conner, DJ Humphreys, who played both left and right tackle, Chandler Jones and Buda Baker. All five seemed like they were having a good time, not only on Sunday, but the entire week. Speaking to azcardinals.com, here's Hump on his first Pro Bowl experience. I think just how cool everybody is. You know, you I, I don't know why I kind of thought, like, when I came to the Pro Bowl, it was all the guys that's pretty much the best in the league, and everybody's going to be, like, big-timey and kind of, like, show ponies around. But everybody's been super cool. Everybody really knows each other. People are, like, not having been weird about, like, hey, bro, I seen you play this game. You know what I mean? It's been super cool, like, kicking it with the guys and talking to people and talking to guys that you admire from across the league and them knowing who you are. You know what I mean? Like, all little stuff like that. It's been, it's been super dope to see how everybody's been responding to it. And that, Kyle, is what I enjoyed hearing, not only from Humphreys, but the other Cardinal players and even other NFL players as well. That interaction, yeah, you're competing during the season, but when that final whistle is blown and you walk off the field, you're on this, it's a large fraternity, but it's an exclusive fraternity, guys that play the National Football League. Yeah, and it's an even smaller fraternity when you are considered one of the elite players. And I was the same way, um, feeling like at you know most of the time I didn't belong, but being accepted into a group and seeing players in you know when we were in Hawaii, um, they basically shut down the whole whole hotel and nobody else could get in, and seeing guys that you fight against and have battles against playing with their kids in the pool and your kids playing together and um, sitting by them you know by the by the beach um, you know having conversations it it really is. Um, it takes it to a personal level because, you know, when you're playing and you're battling and and it's the guy across from you is just a number. And quite frankly, he's in your way of of, of your success. And so you, you develop this kind of spite and hate for a lot of your opponents. And then you get to talk to them and see, you know, their wife and their kids and, and you know, them just being a normal dad and a normal person away from the game a little bit. Well, I think it was really important that it was Hump's first time. And so, you know, he was obviously going in there. Chandler's been there a few times. Buddha's been there. That's the first time Kyler's played in the game. It was virtual last year. I don't know if Connor is maybe a second time. Second time. Second time. So uh, for your first time, and just you're probably just thinking, oh, man, I've been battling these guys, and we're having great conversations. So I, I, it was you could see the smile on Hump's face. Not the other guys didn't enjoy it, but being the first time and getting to feel it. And he's, he's earned it. I mean, yes, maybe he didn't play well down the stretch, but he's been in the league long enough. We know the, a lot of great uh, left tackles in the NFC alone, let alone uh, pass rushers. So it was nice to see him get rewarded, even though Tyron Smith uh, was uh, injured. And all those Cardinal players deserved it. I mean, 11 wins is 11 wins, no matter how the regular season and postseason ended. Kyle, you brought up conversations either you know during the week, or away from the football field, any conversation that stood out to you or a player that you sought out during that week as far as whether it was someone on the AFC or someone in the NFC that played your position or you wanted to get some information like, hey, what am I doing right, what am I doing wrong? 
Yeah, I, I love that. Was honestly one of my favorite parts is just talking shop, talking about what guys do in the off season, talk about um, their thought processes. You know, when their hand is in the dirt and what they're looking at, and how they set up moves and how they do things. And um, you know, I was mostly an effort guy, and so I really love talking to the technicians, the guys that studied offensive tackles, the guys that studied quarterback tendencies, things like that. And, um, you know, some of the best uh, when I played, um, I remember conversations with Jared Allen. I remember conversations with Dwight Freeney, who was a completely different type of pass rusher than me. Um, You know, I took it honestly as I wanted to go and I wanted to represent, but it was it was a learning opportunity for me um, because, again, um, these aren't guys that get there by happenstance or accident. These are guys that put in the work, put in the time, the film study, and earned an opportunity to be there. Dwight Freeney, a great pass rusher from Syracuse. Another great pass rusher from the great university at Syracuse. Chandler Jones on what Kyle just talked about, trading information amongst teammates that now are on the NFC and AFC. Just the opportunity to mingle with the other players, uh, pick their brain. You know, these are obviously the top players in the NFL, and uh, they have their formula on how to get here and how to be the best every year. So I think this is the opportunity to kind of swap games and, and swap some information. Chandler Jones speaking with Danny Sarek of azcardinals.com, and it is an opportunity, MJ, for these players. You, again, we were talking about you compete on Sundays, yet at the end of the season and you get some downtime, all right, you can share what worked, what didn't work. You know, this is what I really like to do, and I don't know if all of the secrets are exposed, but it does help when you get feedback from your peer versus a position coach or a head coach. Yeah, I, when Larry was playing, he would always um, have like eight to ten receivers he would watch on his iPad. He's able to pull it up and watch them and kind of pick up on things just based on film. But here, now you're in person. And, it, it, you know, I'm sure Chandler Jones has looked at a lot of pass rushers, you know, on film. You know, we learned he's learned with Billy Davis and the defense to stab at the ball. Obviously, he's very effective on force and fumbles and everything else. But when you when you have a person in front of you can show you just maybe a, just a different move, that first step, it goes a long way because you look at their credentials and what they've accomplished in their career. Of course, I had a chance to speak with Chandler Jones, obviously the subject of the offseason and his impending free agency had to come up. Here's Chandler Jones to azcardinals.com. It was very tough, honestly, and, and what we had on paper and how our team looked on paper, uh, it really didn't match to what happened in the season. So, yeah, it, unfortunate. It was unfortunate the way that season in. It did. It was unfortunate. As a pending free agent, thinking about your future, what's your mindset going into that? Oh, that's, that's uh, what is it, Mar- free agency is in March, correct? Um, I'm just taking it one day at a time, and, and we'll see what happens. He knows exactly when free agency begins. Chandler was asked about it at the end of the season, didn't have much to say, didn't really have much to say either. But that, to me, Kyle, is the big name when you look at the list of free agents that the Cardinals have. What do you do? And if you choose not to re-sign him or he chooses not to come back, what do you do as far as getting after the opposing quarterback? Yeah, he's, it's a tough one. Um, you, He's got unmatched um, production since he's come to Arizona. Um, he's been a good leader for this team, um, a good spokesperson. Um, you know, the hard part is, um, you know, other than that opening game, it wasn't a consistent pass rush. It wasn't a dominant season. Um, but, you know, I think you could feel good about what he could give you for, you know, the next season, the next two seasons. But um, are you willing to lay out a long 
long-term contract on a player who is potentially on the back end of his career. Um, you know, that's that's the tough part and a lot of the things you have to weigh. Um, you know, I, again, um, as a defensive end and outside rusher, uh, just marvel at his ability to get to the quarterback and the, just the amount of moves and the things he can do to offensive tackles. Um, you know, he, he really can be a game changer, and we all know the value of a pass rusher that can affect a game and the difficulty in finding them. This kind of reminds me of Patrick Peters, a little bit different. Obviously, Patrick slowed down the last two years, possibly after the suspension, didn't have the foot speed. And I do think that, you know, from an organization standpoint, I think if he was more consistent, we're having a different conversation right now. You always have the franchise tag, even though nobody really wins there. But I think he's going to test free agency, and because he's going to be 32, he's and obviously he came in great shape last year, and I'm sure uh, he'll be in great shape when he starts the season. There's going to be a team out there that's going to offer him money. You look at some of these contenders. Now, if he goes to a team like Miami, we don't know how good they're going to be. I'm, I'm just saying somebody's going to pay him for the next two years, and if they have another outside linebacker, he should be able to put up big numbers. But, again, I do think he'll test free agency, and we'll see what happens. Hey, it all it takes is one team, and we've seen lists. Pro Football Focus, Pro Football Reference, ESPN. As far as the top free agents, Chandler Jones is right there among the top at his position and overall. He will be 32 when next season rolls around, although in six seasons with the Cardinals, he's reached double digits in sacks five times, including this past season with 10 and a half. Really interested to see what happens with Chandler Jones coming up this offseason. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like the Dave Pash Podcast, Cardinals Underground, Cardinals Cover 2, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. We talk about the offseason for one Kyler Murray. That's all straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Tyler Murray of the Cardinals back in the shotgun. Two receivers right, single man left. Murray is back to pass. Looking, looking, moves left. Now moves right, moves left again. Murray backpedaling, chased by Crosby. Murray flips his hips. He throws toward the end zone, and that one is caught. It's caught in the end zone. Mike Evans of the Buccaneers out jumps everybody and makes the catch for the touchdown. Shotgun snap to Murray. Back looking, throws left side for the end zone, and that's caught by Pitts for the touchdown. Murray back in the shotgun, backs on either side. Here's the snap. Murray back to pass. Murray looking. Throws for the end zone, got cooked wide open. It's caught for the touchdown. You know, MJ, you take away that first opening drive and the pick six. Kyler Murray played better than any of the other quarterbacks, NFC, AFC combined, in that Pro Bowl on Sunday. Yeah, and they took him out after that position. I'm like, get him back out there. And then Cousins comes in. He eventually throws an interception. Then Russell Wilson throws two interceptions. But. You know, look at the guys he was throwing to. C.D. Lamb, Pitts, and then zero blitz. He throws that ball in the air, and Mike Evans comes down with it. And he obviously tweeted out after the game about the Texas connection. But, yeah, it was nice to see him smiling and and getting back on the field and everything else. So, um, But, you know, that's the first time he's played in a Pro Bowl game where last year was virtual, and he was the MVP of that. 
Three touchdowns, one interception, 160 passing yards. Ryan Radke, by the way, from Westwood One with the play calls as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Seat Geek. Get your seat in a seat. Craig Rio, Lukav Vandenbosch, and Mike Drecke here discussing Kyler Murray. And really, again, Kyler was basically seven on seven, seven on none, really. There wasn't much of a pass rush, but just seeing Kyler Murray on the football field for the first time since the wild card loss and aside from how the game started, just to see some positivity from Kyler Murray as far as some success on a football field. Yeah, it's nice to see him um, have that type of relationship with other superstars around the league. I mean, let's, regardless of, um, you know, how the season ended in, in that playoff game, um, you know, he's the future of this franchise. And it's nice to see him uh, get an opportunity to play with superstars, throw the ball to superstars, interact with them. Um, because each of these guys go back to their own cities and, and they're the Kyler Murray of their cities. And you get to learn from them, see how they carry themselves, see how they handle their personal life and their business life. And um, But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was great to see. And, and you know, for him to... Um, you know, it is what it is in this game. You know, I guess I'm done. It, none of this is the player's fault. I completely understand it. Um, but to see him bounce back from a rough start, you know, it's something we need to continue to see from Kyler, um, you know, playing through adversity, bouncing back, because when he is rolling, he's got more confidence than any quarterback in the league. Um, it's just those times when um, there's adversity on the field. Sometimes he has a difficult time bouncing back from that really quickly. And now that's the focus of this offense going into another season. How does he excel? How does he get better? The offseason, the focus, Kyler Murray talking about that to Danny Sarek of azcardinals.com. Just get better. You know, I think there's a lot of things that I think we all need to address um, individually, uh, team-wise, that, you know, we, we, we understand, you know, kind of what happened, how we get there. You know, we got to do it together. And, um, you know, I think everybody obviously has to go back and work hard uh, individually. But, you know, when we come together, we got to be ready to go because uh, it doesn't get any easier. You know, obviously we made strides uh, throughout the three years I've been here, but, um, you know, we haven't reached that ultimate goal. Wouldn't get into specifics, but just focusing on K-1 here, Kyle, as far as where you want to see the quarterback get better going into another season, year four for him in this offense with head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Where do you think his focus needs to be as far as improving as a quarterback? Um, a few things. Um, you know, again, I understand um, – him being cautious in the regular season with a lot of his runs. I would like to, you know, that's what makes him special. He's got a cannon for a right arm, but his ability to extend plays and, and scramble for first downs is what really makes him special. And we didn't see that um, at times when he could have used it this past season. Um, you know, this goes back to, um, you know, dealing with the adversity. Um, I, I would like to see him go to the sideline, get on a tablet, and make proper adjustments because so many of these defenses, I mean, you look at what the Bengals did with the Chiefs last week. It was a disaster in the first half. The second half, that Bengals defense adjusted, and the Chiefs didn't do a good job of adjusting to that adjustment, and, and Kyler needs to be at the head of that. He needs to look at the film, see what they're doing with coverages, see how many guys they have in the box, see where they're coming from on blitzes, and he needs to be a part of that conversation of here's the plays I like against this and, and be a part part of those adjustments and um and again you know this has been talked a lot about this year and there's been a progression i would like to see more from a leadership standpoint um you know even in that answer 
Um, I would like to hear specifics from Kyler Murray. I would like to hear instead of, you know, when you win, it's we, but when you lose, it's this starts with me. Here's some things I need to do better. And I would like to just hear him say that because that you there's always an audience and the audience isn't just the fans it isn't just the person giving the interview it's also your teammates they need to hear certain things from the leader of their team the skill set is undeniable mj but you've kind of said the same things on cardinals cover two about kyle murray taking that next step as a player not how well he throws how well he runs but as a player as a quarterback as a leader of this team yeah, I mean, I think we know that his skill set, he's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in football when he is running. And, you know, I read a stat recently that in all three games against the Rams, they only had three designed runs for him. Now, clearly, the last two games he was taken and beaten, so I understand that. Um, listen, when they hired Kingsbury and brought in and drafted Kyler, they thought by year three this offense should be humming. And it was humming, and then obviously it didn't finish. I, I thought he regressed. Uh, in the second half of the season, um, obviously you, when you've got nine different line combinations, you don't have James Conner and Chase Edmonds. And let's be honest, I know injuries occur, but they missed DeAndre Hopkins. So I want to see him more of a leader. Um, we we know that, you know, based on his, his skill set, he gets the respect in the locker room. But also, you know, it, it's not what you do between the lines. It's what you do off the field. And that means as a quarterback and a guy that you know, he works out a lot and people say, why does he always lift weights? Well, your lower torso is where you're, you start when you start throwing the ball. But I'd like to see him watch more film, like try to figure it out. I read that Joe Burrow only makes one or two reads every game. It's one read, two reads, throw it. We all want him to go through his progressions and hop out there. It's one read. But, you know, to sit there and say, well, he's got to improvise and he's got to go through his reads, well, if, you, if a guy's open, see it. And I think that was the case when they brought in Hopkins that first week against San Francisco. You bring up Joe Burrow. Everyone wants now Kyler Murray to be that next young quarterback. Burrow doing it in his second season. He's a year older than Kyler Murray, who's going into season number four. Drew Stanton last week on the Red Sea Report on how he sees Kyler Murray compared to Joe Burrow. Kyler's definitely in that realm of possibilities next year, right? That You look at everything, and, and I know that everybody's going to be frustrated, and we've talked about it on the show before. Okay, so they get to 11 wins next year. Everybody's going to be like, well, when's the collapse coming? That's all outside noise, and, and when next year comes, you've got to be prepared for that. At the same time, Kyler has that ability to gravitate people and pull everybody along with him, and that's the most important part of leadership. People believe in Joe Burrow. People believed in Tom Brady. People believe in Matthew Stafford with the Los Angeles Rams. That's one of the biggest components of playing this position, that you're never out of a game because of who the signal caller is for you. Are you uplifting your teammates? Are you making others around you better? And for me, Kyle, that is what a a player in his position as the quarterback should do. And we see it's, you know, everyone makes the comparisons. I do anyway. Look at a point guard in the NBA, Steve Nash. He makes everyone around him better. More recently, Chris Paul here locally. Are we seeing that from Kyler Murray? That's got to be the next step because individual, his numbers are off the chart. But what is his other 10 players on the team doing? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, You know, the quarterback um, of any team, regardless of his ability, needs to be the tone setter. He needs to be the calm in the storm. He needs to, um, you know, be the guy um, 
who does uplift his team, like you said. And, um, again, what I have seen from Kyler since he's been here is he is a great leader, you know, when things are going really well and guys want to follow him and he is, you know, fired up. You know, it's it's just to me, he's got to be the guy that helps study the steady this ship. Um, you know, he is the type of quarterback and the type of athlete um, that could have, you know, said, I'm going to take this game over and I'm going to help us win this game in a couple of those games. Somebody, uh, one of the leaders, somebody with the ability, somebody with an ability to affect a game needed to help that snowball, stop that snowball from rolling down the hill because it just kept rolling and it rolled right into the playoffs and it was it was too late. And you couldn't stop that momentum at that point. Um, that's that's the kind of guy he needs to be. And guys have done that. Uh, great quarterbacks have done that throughout the history of the league. You know, when the team is going through some bad things, they just put it on their shoulders and make something happen. And it's kind of, you know, what in this short sample size, what we have seen from a quarterback like Joe Burrow. Um, you know, things were not going well in Tennessee. At times it was going terrible. Things were not going well against Kansas City. Um, but he put that team on his back and he carried them. And, and you've seen it from Kyler at times. Um, just sometimes not when the team needed it the most. You know, you look at Joe Burrow. He was at Ohio State. He decided to go with Dwayne Haskins, and the reports were if, if Shiano got the job in Tennessee, he was going to go there. But, you know, then he plays at LSU, and he puts up big numbers. I just like his demeanor, calm, cool, and collective. You see him on the sidelines. He's talking to the players. Uh, I never feel like he's rattled. And, and Kyler's a very competitive, like they all are, and sometimes he wears his emotions on his sleeve, which, again, he wants to win. But I just like the demeanor of Joe Burrow, where when things aren't going well, let's just stick to it. You know, it's only the first half. Let's let's figure it out, like they did in the Chiefs game. The second half, it was night and day from their offense and defense. So, you know, that's he. He's 24 years old. He's been in the league now. It's going to be going into his fourth year. So, to me, it's time to to take that next step if you want to be the franchise quarterback. No panic with Joe Burrow. Trailing, leading, first quarter, fourth quarter, no panic at all. Kyler Murray panicked. And the wild card lost the Rams in that first half. He wasn't ready. And now you hope that with a playoff game under his belt, he'll be ready the next time around. And hopefully it comes in 2022. Catch up on past episodes of the Dave Pash Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at HashPod. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seat in a seat. Craig Rio, Luke Avendabosh, and Mike Jarecki as we continue to look at the offseason. Plus, we'll preview Super Bowl 56. But on the other side, we'll stick with the offense. Kyle's favorite parts of the NFL game. Where does Kyler Murray need help as far as offensive priorities? We'll get into that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. the right side he breaks a tackle at the 10 to the 5 and into the end zone for the touchdown James Connor from 13 yards out and the Cardinals strike first here at Santa Clara a great read by James Connor 
touchdown and the bloody nose. Snap to McCoy, handoff Connor up the middle, plows forward into the end zone for the touchdown. Second of the day for James Connor. Lower the plow and hit the gas, baby. Snap to McCoy, in trouble as he backs up, and it's a screen to the right to Connor. He's caught it at the 40, turns right to the 30, back to the left of the 20. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. James Connor with his third touchdown of the day. This one through the air. And the Cardinals lead at 23 to 7. 18 total touchdowns, 15 rushing touchdowns, 11 of those coming against division opponents. And those three touchdowns you just heard, Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley at San Francisco earlier in the season as we welcome you back to the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seat in a seat. Gregory Luca Vandebosch and Mike Jarecki talking James Conner and the running back position overall. Both Conner and Chase Edmonds, free agents. Oh, wide receiver, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, free agents. Tight end, Zach Ertz, Max Williams, free agents. I just listed six players, Kyle, that accounted for 65% of the rushing yards and 71% of the passing yards in 2021. You can't bring them all back. Who are you bringing back? Yeah, that's that's a lot of production um, that you can't let leave the building. Um, it, if I was a GM, which um, I'm certainly not qualified, uh, uh, I think James Conner becomes a priority. Um, you know, again, he was one of the great stories of this season. Um, it seemed like he was brought in for a very specific purpose, um, you know, being your short yardage back, being a guy, potential first and second down running back and really became and showed um, that he's a complete player, um, both catching the ball and, you know, one of the underrated aspects of, of being an NFL running back is, is your blocking and pass protection, and he's excellent at that as well. So, um, you know, I think he becomes a priority. And then um, whichever direction you want to continue to evolve this offense, I think answers your question at the tight end position because, um, you know, Max Williams is a good inline blocker. Um, excellent, actually, and um, showed his value as a receiver before he got injured. And um, but Zach Ertz opens up a lot of opportunities when you are, um, you know, when you need an answer in the passing game. He he seemed like uh, he had a good relationship with Kyler, was able to find the voids in, in zone defenses, and and always be an answer when when Kyler was you know under duress. So um, I think that becomes a priority as well. And then yeah, I mean. Um, you know, I, I think this team could, has the potential to upgrade their number two receiver. Um, having both A.J. Green and Christian Kirk potentially leaving, that is a lot of production um, walking out the door and a lot of talent. Um, you know, they both played well um, and, and really well at times this past year. So um, if whether that answer is bringing one of the two back so you don't lose all that production or finding somebody in free agency or the draft, um, that remains to be seen. Typically, the running back position is not – uh, position of priority in free agency, MJ. I say typically because I'm in agreement with Kyle. Of those six pieces on the offensive side, I'm putting James Conner up there at number one. I would agree. And, you know, he came in here last year, obviously a late signing, so to speak, you know, kind of the second or third wave. Took a low deal, obviously proved himself. So he has the right to earn, see what he's worth in the open market. But you know, he's a guy that, you know, you don't want to bounce around because eventually they're going to draft the running back, and then he's always always going to be that one-two punch, short yardage guy. Here, 
I think he can be the bell cow. I mean, you compliment him with another back, and Eno Benjamin is similar to Chase Edmonds. I, I would definitely retain James Conner, and, you know, whether that's six, seven million, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, but I think there's going to be a market out there for him, but I don't think you're going to see him get a long-term deal. Maybe it's a one- or two-year deal, see if he can stay healthy. Um, I'm a big fan of Chase Edmonds, but, you know, he's got to be able to stay healthy. And, unfortunately, he wasn't be a, wasn't healthy this year. I like him from the 20s to the 20s, good catching the ball in the backfield. Um, Zach Ertz, to me, he it sounds like he wants to be here. Another guy I would give similar to Connor, um, two- or three-year deal. They do want to retain Max Williams, probably get him back at a minimum deal with incentives. He is the pers- perfect 11 personnel tight end. And then the draft is loaded at tight end. So it's time to go out and find one of these young tight ends you can develop. Um, you watch the bowl game. You watch the senior bowl. It's loaded. So you'd have two veterans, and then you'd have a backup there. But I, I definitely, uh, Connor would be my number one priority. His ability to catch the ball out of the backfield opened up a lot of eyes, and that went back to training camp. And it's a reason why he finished with 37 catches and three touchdowns through the air, including that one at San Francisco earlier in the year. I would think the Cardinals want him back. What does James Conner want as far as impending free agency? And then he was also asked last week at the Pro Bowl on how the season ended. So ending 2021 and looking ahead to 2022, here's James Conner. Just missing a game, you know, just how we went out. It's just not the way we wanted it to end. You know, we had so much talent on our team. But, uh, you know, we just fight through and, you know, just uh, try to regroup and, and get back and get another shot at it next year. You're a pending free agent. Yeah. What's your mindset as you approach that, whether continuing to be an Arizona Cardinal or right. maybe test the market? Right. Well, you know, this was AZ, the opportunity that they gave me, you know, and just the uh, relationships I built there. You know, I would love to continue out there. Um, but, yeah, free agent, so I'm excited to see what's next. You know, man of faith, so I know it'll all work out for me. James Conner speaking with our colleague Danny Sarek on azcardinals.com. That entire interview up on azcardinals.com. And we talk about James Conner and the postseason at game against the Rams. And what he did admit is how much pain he was in. And he turned down the opportunity to get a painkiller shot before that game. Quote, for safety and health reasons. It was his choice not to do it. Only played 14 snaps in that game. But he discussed, Kyle, last week that he was going to do everything in his power to be on the football field because he was going to finish the season with his teammates. The toughness, the physicality that he brought, that's not going to show up in stats, but it is going to wear or it's going to um, take over the entire rest of the locker room. Guys are going to feed off of that, and I do think it meant a lot to his teammates to see James Conner on the football field against the Rams. Yeah, there's nothing um, that endears you to your teammates that gets you more respect than going out there when you probably shouldn't, when you're in a lot of pain and doing it for your teammates, right? And that's the reason why I see him. Um, I, I don't know what free free agency is going to look like, especially from the running back position. I, um, you know, I was surprised at the money Kenyon Drake got when he left here last year. So there there may be a team that sees that type of value in James Conner, um, but nobody knows, you know, with maybe the exception of of Pittsburgh, how tough this guy is. And and you know, as a player, the hard part is is sometimes. You're sacrificing production. You're putting a, a subpar product on film that's going to hurt you in free agency, and your, your stats aren't going to look as good, and you might not look as good, but the team knows what you went through. The team knows that you battled, and they know your value because, um, you know, anybody – you can find, you know, hundreds of running backs that 
um, are productive and will go out there when they're feeling good. But when you know when you know you have a guy that's going to fight for your team and fight for those extra yards and do everything he can to be on the field and be accountable to his teammates, those are the ones that hold true value for teams. Yeah, we'll see about Kenyon Drake. I, I really think that was a one-year deal for three million. We'll see what happens there. Obviously, you know a new head coach and a general manager. I think when you look at James Conner, and yes, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. When this offense was humming, when Hop's out there and Kyler Murray was running and he was the bell cow, you know, when obviously when Chase, um, he fits this offense perfectly. When you got Hop and if they can develop Rondo more, depending on the receivers, the tight ends, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a better situation for him besides obviously somebody overpaying or paying him what they think. You know, if somebody's going to pay him, then they think he's worth that. But I just think when he looks at this offense, he can even get better when it comes to yardage, let alone the touchdowns. I mean, he had a career year in a lot of different areas, and just don't look at the yards per carry. It look look at the objects when it happened in the game. He was became the short yardage guy. You didn't have to rely on Collar, and he was a bully. I mean, he brought a lot of physicality to this team. So, again, he's he's got to you know make the decision. But I I just think this offense fits him perfect for going somewhere else and trying to learn a new offense. He'll be 27 in May. And that's that age when you talk running backs that, all right, what do you do? What do you invest? And if, you know, you're James Conner, this might be your last shot at a huge payday. And it might be best offer wins just because of the longevity of the running back position. Yeah, usually they, they talk about 30. Um you know, he he was able to to stay healthy for the most part, obviously, d- dealing with the ribs. And, 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 you know, he played through it, and I give him a ton of credit. Um, I, I just think that when you're – again, it's always good to be wowed and you want to be wanted, and it only takes one team to offer you money. But uh, being 27, the way he takes care of his body, um, he's got a big build, 6'2", about 233. Um, I would think that, you know, two- or three-year deal would be feasible. I mean, you're not going to give him David Johnson money. You're not going to give him Kenyon Drake $8.2 million a year, like on a uh, transition tag. But I would think it would be a two- or three-year deal, and we know that third year is always an option. Always want to be wanted, Kyle, but also want to be used as well. And the Cardinals have shown James Conner that he'll be used within this offense. He might not have had that with the Steelers. Yeah, and, um, you know, I think there would be some assurances, too, that you, like Mike said, that you will be the feature guy because, obviously, if you bring – you're only going to bring one of those two running backs back. Um, it's not a situation – you know, I'm sure a lot of teams do view him as a complimentary back, a guy that can rotate and, and take half the snaps. And, um, you know, as a player that has worked hard, and, and I'm sure he has a lot of pride – and he, he has shown the ability to be um, an every-down back. I'm sure that's the situation he's looking for and in a situation he would probably be granted if he stayed here. James Conner played 15 games and missed two games because of rib injuries that, again, popped up again in the postseason. But his physicality and his toughness and then the production, running the football, catching the football, I think – guys his teammates fed off of that you'd like to see him return for another year maybe even two seasons for the arizona cardinals but again we play general manager here there's actually a general manager that has to make that decision and that would be steve Kahn. check out season one of our cardinals folktales on our official youtube channel visit youtube.com slash az cardinals to get the story behind the stories from several remarkable moments in cardinals history 
That's Cardinals Folktales, available at youtube.com slash azcardinals. Original audio podcasts are also available by searching Cardinals Folktales wherever you get your podcasts. When we come back, we close up this week's edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seat in a seat. Talking Super Bowl 56, Bengals and Rams. That's all straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Sunday, 4.30 in the afternoon, broadcast on NBC. Westwood One will have the play-by-play. In fact, Ian Eagle, Kevin Harlan with the final calls for the Bengals and Rams. They're coming into this segment of the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat. Two number four seeds, first Super Bowl without either the number one, two, or three seed in the game since 1990. Second time, quarterbacks drafted number one overall will meet. Joe Burrow drafted number one overall in 2020. Matthew Stafford number one in 2009. And before we go any further with this discussion on Bengals and Rams, Kyle's connection to both of these quarterbacks is fascinating. He told us during the break, please explain the Kyle Vandenbosch connection with Joe Burrow and then Matthew Stafford. Yeah, well, I'll start with Stafford. So I played my last three years in Detroit with Matthew Stafford. And, um, you know, in spite of some of his struggles, um, you know, I've, I've been singing his praises every time um, we talk. We used to talk about Lions games and then Rams games this year. Um, he's a great leader, a great person. Um, and, you know, his arm talent is about as good as anybody in the NFL. So I've always been, um, since I played with him and, and since I've been retired, I've been a big Matthew Stafford fan. Um, for Joe Burrow, um, when I was at Nebraska, uh, I played with his two brothers. They both played defense. Uh, Jamie Burrow was in my recruiting class and my uh, freshman year roommate. And so little Joe Burrow would come around um, when he was a baby, and, and I held Joe Burrow when he was a baby. So um, I'd like to think that um, you know I, I got him started down a, a successful football career just by the advice I gave him when he was a baby. The Midas Touch. How about that? That's awesome. Can we get you to hold Kyler Murray? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you'd appreciate that. <laughs> and I got this visual here, yeah. which is outstanding. And now he's in the Super Bowl. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's it, that's wow. I, when you said that during a break, I'm like, let's not bury the lead here. Well, I think his dad was a defensive coordinator as a coach um, for most of his life, so I don't know where he got started as a quarterback. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. 
it's it's pretty amazing to see the things he's doing as a young player. All right, let's get into this matchup. The Bengals representing the AFC, the Rams, the NFC. And when you look at the Rams, obviously the Cardinals' connections, they played them three times this season. And at one point, this Rams team was 7-4, and four, lost three straight, but then went 5-1 and one to close out the season. Earlier this month on the Big Red Rage, Rams radio analyst DeMarco Farr on how the Rams adjusted their offense to get them to where they will be on Sunday. He went old school. Um, the way they were playing, and I'll just go ahead and say Matthew Stafford, he was turning it over. Uh, there were some issues there. Um, if he could have taken the logos off the helmet, he would have. Like, you, you guys don't deserve these right now. You're not playing football. So it seemed like he took the offense away from the quarterback and – started running the football with Sony Michelle. Run the football. We're going to be a little more physically oriented, and then we'll start to open it up as we go. That was DeMarco Farr talking about Rams head coach Sean McVay. As you look at this matchup, MJ, how do you see it playing out? I know the Bengals are underdogs, yet they've been an underdog this entire postseason run. Yeah, what, what's interesting is normally when you get to the Super Bowl, you'd have, you would think you have a one or two top Ten defenses. These teams are ranked in the in the uh, in the teens. Um, you know, they they actually are scoring the same amount of points in the, in the regular season. Twenty seven um, defensively, they're ranked seventeenth and eighteenth. Uh, their rush defense is very similar. So, I think this game is going to come down to the Rams front seven against the Bengals offensive line, and I will take the Rams front seven versus Joe Burrow and those wide receivers. Aaron Donald, 12 and a half sacks. Von Miller, a sack in six of his last seven games. That seems to be where many people are focusing on in the trenches, Kyle. I know as a defensive guy, you like what the Rams are doing, but the other connection, the Joe Burrow connection, how do you see this game playing out? Do you have a favorite? I think the Rams will win as well. Um, you know, I think the other interesting thing, again, um, the Bengals did a fantastic job adjusting in the second half against the Chiefs. Um, really only came with like a three-man pass rush most of the time. Um, and I could see them doing something similar, dropping eight into coverage, making them meticulously move the ball down the field and not beat you over the top. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Bengals and the Rams, it is Super Bowl 56, and we will discuss the outcome of that game next week here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, he's broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Jeff Darge. For Kyle Vandenbosch, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Realder. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Get your seats in a seat here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Kirk, he got it! He's in! Touchdown! Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Oh, baby! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.